Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Hi, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we were talking uh, before the intro about how we're tired today, so that's what you get. Yep. <laughs> Sorry we're sleepy. It's entirely my own fault. Like, I don't have a good reason that I'm this sleepy. I just stayed up late for no reason. Yeah, so did I. You it's ever a good just... reason. You ever just, like, stay up late and you understand that you are sabotaging yourself for the next day for, like, no good reason? Yeah, never, I have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, it's not like I have to, like, like do anything major. To, like, I'm not putting off anything I'm doing tomorrow. I'm just, I, and I'm tired and I should go to bed. I just don't want to be asleep yet. Yep. That's like uh, every every weekend night for me, basically. I just yeah. Hmm. Um, but staying up late is cool. It is. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a it's a remnant of a desire, um, to be to be a cool kid. Remnant. I suppose. I still want to be a cool kid. You're supposed to get over that when you get out of school, I think. But um, I don't know if anybody fully does. So the past couple of weeks, um, I saw the movie Promare. Have you all seen the movie Promare? I haven't, and I've been meaning to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I haven't, and I absolutely don't want it. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's, uh, firefighter giant mech anime um <clears throat> and visually it reminds me a lot of sayonara wild hearts um but also with sort of like i don't know a message about climate change i guess um not like a super deep one just like hey y'all should like stop pretending this doesn't exist and do something kind of thing um but it's it's really, it's really stylish. It is like a hundred percent style. It's, yeah, it's so cool looking. The the only reason I'm really interested in it is because it's a Studio Trigger, and yeah, I mean you can yeah. say what you want about Studio Trigger, but they they I will. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I I absolutely don't begrudge you any any negative opinions about Studio Trigger, but they they know how to get a lot of fucking design. In, yeah. in their in their shows and movies and stuff. So, yeah, there's That's a lot of movement in the frame. Yeah, uh, but this is a lot um, compared to some of their other stuff. Like uh, watching something like Kill a Kill makes my brain tired because there's just so much going on in every goddamn frame, and th things keep switching so rapidly that and, and there's like no rest. And that I find that exhausting. So this has the benefit of it's much like cleaner. Um, mm -hmm. Like they they tend to hold on specific images a little bit longer. Um, they do a little less of their like crazy. Um, oh God, what's the word? Not wiping, smearing. There's a lot less crazy smearing. Yeah. Um, and it's they like they still manage to catch a lot of movement, and it still looks really good, but it's just less frenetic. 
than some of their other stuff. So it's like watchable. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's one that's been on my list, but I haven't watched it. I don't I literally know nothing about it except I've seen like some screenshots and some fan art of the characters and man, the those extremely bright colors. Yeah. I, I love the color palette from what I've seen of it. So Yeah. The the premise is that um there's like there was a catastrophe where suddenly a bunch of people uh, just gained the power to like cause fire to like huh. they basically became like these fire fire sprouting people and it's sort of like a weird magical fire that they can like shape to do stuff uh, mm -hmm. and they're called the burnish and so now it's like 30 years later and there's like a you know special firefighting task force that's like there to deal with uh, you know the burnish who have gotten out of control and there's like but the burnish are not like um they're not all evil there's like different factions of them um and you know they're they have a uh, i don't know there's some there's some interesting stuff there and like sort of how marginalized groups are like treated and um i don't know it's it's neat it's an interesting it's an interesting uh story and it follows like one of the main firefighters and they use giant mechs because fucking course they do. Of course they do, yeah. That just has me thinking about like Japanese media with um you know, attempting to get like a a, a, a message about society across. Um <laughs> I've been I've been replaying a game that I played in high school. It's um Eternal Sonata. I don't know if I've talked about it before. But I, I vaguely remember you explaining it. It's like yeah. the one where you're like in the dream of a composer or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, you're Chopin. in Yeah, you're in Chopin's fever dreams while he's dying of tuberculosis. And he's also uh one of the main characters. Like he just exists in his own dream. But it's apart from that, it's a pretty standard, you know, JRPG. <laughs> but oh, god, I forgot how like ham-fisted the writing is. Like, yeah, like they they basically form a little posse to go to talk to um the Count of Forte, and everybody's got like music names. So your main character mm -hmm. is a girl named Polka, and there's like Allegretto and Beat and Salsa and March. Like those are all characters, but I they're see. going they're going to talk to the Count of Forte to talk about oh well, you're you're not taxing mineral powder, which is this amazing medicine that that you have given to the people but you're taxing everything else too much and maybe if it's like we're gonna try to talk to the count of forte to get him to make life better for people and then they find out that uh mineral powder turns people into monsters and they're like well maybe he doesn't know that that's a side effect and then there's a like a scene of the count and he's just cartoonishly evil but also a, a little boy because <laughs> because it's a JRPG. It's yeah. this mustache twirlingly evil um count. <laughs> it's it's Yeah, there's a little bit of that <laughs> in Promare for sure. Um Yeah. It's, uh, it's I think there's room So there's also some like really absurd out of nowhere Deus Ex Machinas that happen um it's in, Studio Trigger. It's yeah. That's to be expected. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, uh, I, I, because of the, like, there's, there's some, there's some, like, almost complex characters. Uh, there's some, some, like, vaguely interesting characters. And there's, uh, because of that and because of the Deus Ex Machina, I kept thinking about, like, if you were to adapt this to be, like, a Western live action film, like, how would I change this screenplay? to have like the correct amount of buildup for the things that happen at the end to like for them to not come out of nowhere. Um, and like, what, what would you have to establish and what character beats would you have to change to actually make them like more three dimensional characters? And, and I think with a little tweaking, you actually could make a very saleable screenplay out of it that would appeal to a, a Western audience. I mean, this is like, goofy chaotic fun in a way that you know you you wouldn't that is great too like don't get me wrong but yeah i don't know you wouldn't be able to do the visuals justice that's the only thing though is that, that is like it would thing. be hard to do a live action that looks as cool yeah, as this does that's always the thing what are you gonna do i uh yeah, so I've been trolling for uh, fan art and fanfics and stuff since then. It's been pretty nice. fun. Yeah. Um, I've also been streaming, like, basically every day for the past week or so. Um, because I've been playing Subnautica. I need to... I forgot to go look. I need to, like, turn on notifications for you, which I thought I had done, but I guess I... <laughs> Maybe I just went in and like turned off notifications for everyone because that I might was be. getting a ton for a while. Um, but yeah, so Subnautica was on sale on the Steam sale finally for like a decently of like a decent amount off. Um, so I'm like, I've been meaning to get this for ages. Like, let's get it and try it. And so I've been playing it, and it's um, it's amazing how that game is like equal parts chill and terrifying. Yeah. It really it's is. such a contrast because like, you know, just tooling around in your little ship, like in places that you're comfortable picking up resources and like building out your base is like really just fun and and chill and nice. And then you have to venture somewhere deep with like a predator nearby. And it's the scariest goddamn thing. Have you have you gotten to the part where you have to go back into the wreckage of the the ship that you crashed in? Uh, so I know that I like that that goal has been assigned to me where they're like mm -hmm. hey we left you some important coordinates uh in this ship uh and you should like get into the like main office so you can send a message and i fucking know the ship is surrounded by reapers i've been killed by them enough um <laughs> and there i don't want to go back yeah i think that was probably my least favorite part of the game yeah, i don't know it's... It... It feels wrong whenever you're walking around anywhere. Like when you get to an island that you can actually walk around. It just doesn't feel right. And I don't like it. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of refreshing to be in a place where you can like walking somewhere doesn't like for too long doesn't automatically kill you um, in the form of yeah. like oxygen blocking. <laughs> yeah. um, so I find that kind of refreshing to be honest. But it's... Yeah, it's interesting. I was really curious about how they were going to do um, story. That was like sort of the main 
it, my main interest with this is people are like, oh, it's like a survival crafting game, but it's got a really cool story. And I'm like, hmm, like, how do you do story within a survival crafting game? Um, and they pulled it off remarkably well. I'm, I'm like, pretty impressed by how well they've, like, gated certain areas in a way that doesn't feel fake. Yeah. Um, and, like, the, the sort of drip feed of the story. The, the pacing is a little weird. Um, I think that might be... I, I assume the game is waiting for me to hit certain goals before it, like, feeds me the next bit of the story, but I don't know what those things are. Um so it feels a little awkward that I like haven't gotten a radio uh, call in a while, um, and I just kind of I mean, have to figure out what I do next. This might be spoilers, but uh, uh, don't get your hopes up. Okay. Well, I mean, there's enough for me to do at the moment. Like, I I just got a new uh, like Degassi signal that I can go follow. So, um, but it's yeah, no, it's an interesting. Um, it's an interesting like adaptation of the f sort of the form factor of open world exploration to narrative. And I'm, I'm pleased to see how it works because I think that's like, I don't know. It feels like good game design knowledge. It feels like it's a good thing as a designer to like know how, uh, how this has been attempted. Yeah. I think I mean, I the solution, the solution is always go deeper. Yes. Yeah. But it's still, like, there are specific things for you to find that give you the ability to go deeper. And, like, where and how you go deeper is different um, in a way that is interesting, right? Like, I, I, I'd known for a while that I could get into this one area, and I probably, and, like, I was, I had enough that I could explore it a little bit around the edges but my resources were such that it's like the game is basically like hey come back when your ship is upgraded <laughs> right like you you know this place is here you know you can get in but you also know that you really shouldn't without a without a seamoth upgrade <laughs> yeah i'm um, super curious to see speedruns i bet speedruns skip so much tech i mean they skip pretty much all the tech. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, is, yeah. I'm, I'm excited once I finish it, because I, I do want to, like, not spoil myself. Um, but once I finish it, I'm, I'll be super excited to see, uh, to watch some speedruns. So. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch some of those. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I like, I like Subnautica a lot. I've played it, like, through the story, I've played it twice. I think the first time I played it with, like on regular survival mode and the second time I just turned off all the survival stuff just so I could kind of swim around and do the things so yeah I like, I like it. um, it's a big game I, though and I don't <laughs> I don't want to play it again really but I will yeah, gladly watch someone it is, else play it. yeah it is huge I really like the building stuff I'm having mm -hmm. like a, a really fun time customizing my base um the so is the creative mode does the story still happen in that mode, or is story only in survival mode? It still happens, yeah. It's it's oh. basically just, unless there's another mode that I'm not thinking of, it's been a while. There's but, only the two that I know okay. of. but Yeah, so yeah. So then in creative mode, I guess, is what it's called. I didn't remember what it was called. But yeah, the, the story and stuff is all still there. It just, it just takes away 
you know, your like hunger mechanic, like hunger and thirst, basically. So you don't have to worry about growing food um, and staying hydrated. You can just kind of swim around and build and do the story. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I I had assumed that there was that you wouldn't be able to get the story in the creative mode, or else I probably would have chosen that instead. Oh well, yeah. next Honestly, time. Yeah, I didn't feel like much was lost okay. um, for not having the survival mechanics, but. Well, I'll, I yeah. guess my first experience is the as intended experience, and we'll yeah. see um, <laughs> how that goes. Yeah, I'm interested in the. I mean, I guess it's not really an expansion. It's a it's a separate standalone game, but the the below zero or yeah. sub zero. But I guess I'll wait until it's out of early access. I didn't play Subnautica until it was out of early access either. So yeah, yeah makes... I've been waiting patiently. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Um, I I have adopted a hoverfish and named him Wilson. And he lives in the little aquarium in my bedroom. <laughs> nice yeah i love i like having a, an aquarium it's nice yeah i have uh i was i was just like i had just happened to catch one and i was like uh, because this was pretty early in the game it went straight to my like hot bar at the bottom um because oh. i just didn't have that many tools yet and mm -hmm. i noticed that when you like when you're scrolling past all your tools if you bring out the hoverfish you like hold him in your hand yeah and the hoverfish have the cutest faces they have these adorable little froggy faces. It's amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit, I'm taking you home with me. You're my companion now. I'm sorry, I'm looking up. Oh, yeah, yeah the, little, the little footy boys. Yeah, yeah, they got the six little footy. And yeah, if you see, if you look at the, the picture of the hand holding him, it's just like this little, little frog face. There are a lot of good fish. I like them. And then you can get like a really big aquarium that you can go swim in so you can hatch like hostile fish in them and they won't attack you because you've raised them. I was it's, hoping that might be the case. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah, I have uh I am I'm looking forward to that. I've seen that I that that a blueprint for like alien habitat exists, but I don't have the uh I don't have the parts of it yet, so I don't know how to build it. Mm. But I'll get there. I'll get there. Yep. That's the whole point. You'll get there. Um, I if I don't another... if I don't have to give up in terror first, but yeah. hopefully I won't. <laughs> yeah. It it definitely gets tense. I remember reading about um I guess if you go off the edge of the map into like the void area in order to deter you from doing that and to deter you from going out of bounds. And I think this is like a really great way of doing it, but it will just spawn a Reaper Leviathan every like 60 seconds or something mm -hmm. that you're out in this, you know, void area where you're not mm -hmm. air quotes supposed to be. Um, I never did that because I was too scared, but I, I love yeah. that. I, I love something that method. that happened to me. Yeah. And I was like in my big ship. Oh, and I didn't hmm. know about this. And I was like standing still, like turning off my engines, turning off my lights, so they didn't detect me. And then I had like five of these like huge fishes oh my swimming gosh. around me. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that That's the one fun. where when you start out there, they say something there was so I, I definitely like was going in a direction and a message came on that was like, this area is home to multiple Reaper Leviathans. Is what you're doing here definitely worth it? I think that might be it. Yeah, like uh, probably not because the fish that spawns are not Reaper Leviathans. Oh, I thought it was. Okay. Anyway, or is it, it something else that's huge and eats you <laughs> out of bounds? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. I don't remember what the other big, big scary fish are, but like I said, it's been a while since I played it. But that's Subnautica. Oh, the Reaper Leviathan bounds monster message is probably in the, the oh, crater Jesus. area. Oh, Jesus! These look terrifying. Now I have to look. <laughs> what they're called, but like they're sea fruit. Le oh, ghost leviathan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, yeah. What the heck? God. Well, that makes me never want to go out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty great. <laughs> the That's dead okay. zone. Nice. If I remember correctly, you'll 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 come across one anyway. Uh, so look forward to that. Great. Okay. Um, well, it's I mean, good to know that uh, that area with the multiple reapers is probably someplace I'll have to go eventually. The outer bounds place is also infinitely deep. Oof. That's terrifying, all on its own in its own way. Like the 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 deepness of places is scary, um, and I guess like as you become more and more able to go deeper, like the the slightly shallower places that you've already been become less scary, but it it still feels scary to know that you are deep. Even like watch for me like watching footage of deep sea submersibles is like really terrifying because you know that like if there's any slight equipment failure everyone dies because the pressure is just will kill you like in seconds yeah yeah it's I... it's the same kind of terrifying as space yeah it's, Where it's, it's like it's it's just human technology between you and instant death yeah I think the worst thing is, I think you can survive for like a couple seconds in, in the vacuum of space, mm -hmm. um, which is worse to me, <laughs> I think, than the instant death of the the crushing pressure of mm -hmm. the deep ocean. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Oof. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, most recently I just... Uh, Found, I just finally got as far as the uh, the Degasi uh, outpost in the Jelly Shroom cave. Oh yeah, and so that's the that's the most recent thing that I have done. That's such and then a I cool got a thing. bunch of I got a bunch of new blueprints there, including a bed. So I immediately went home and made a bedroom. <laughs> that's such a cool zone, and I remember I tried to build a base there once, but it's just such a pain in the ass to get to. Yeah, it's like not a very good place to to build out. Yeah, plus there's like giant crab snakes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, what have you two been up to the, the past couple weeks? Uh, nothing. Nothing Not at all? Not a whole lot at all. Yeah, no. 
Yeah, no, nothing. Yep. You guys are going to have to start, like, keeping lists of media that you consume. So you have something to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. Did you, did you, do either of you have Disney Plus? Did you watch Hamilton? I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. So <laughs> I haven't seen it, but like, I feel like everyone around me has. Yeah, well, you're safe here. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers here. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We've put it off long enough. Shall we talk about the game? <laughs> yeah. This is definitely one of those episodes where uh, we, we liked the game that we played we don't have a whole lot to say about them uh as as alluded to last time we played the frog detective games uh, mm-hmm. the haunted island and the case of the invisible wizard which we have already recorded an episode on the haunted island and then there was a problem with the recording so we couldn't publish it but we're, we're gonna we're gonna give it another go and this yeah, time, and at, the time at the time we were <laughs> like well I suppose, like, it's not a huge loss because we didn't actually have that much to say um, about the Haunted Island. And you know what? I still don't have that much to say about the Haunted Island. Nope. Same here. Yeah. It's, it's cute uh, as heck. Yeah, it's cute. And it's it's got, you know, really endearing writing. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, you don't this really is, need more than that. Yep. This is necessarily. this is like a this is like a game that you you should play if you want to feel like snuggly and cuddly before you take a nap. Yeah. And it's uh, a they're 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 not long games either, so it's a good amount of time mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I think the, the first one's like half an hour, and the second one's like an hour-ish. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can yeah. play them both in one afternoon if you really want to. Yeah. I actually replayed them both this morning before we recorded, just because I had the time. And the second not? one, yeah, the second one has two endings, and I hadn't gotten one, so. Yeah, the second one has a decision in it, which is a major uh, de- departure from <laughs> previously. Yeah, I mean, the first one has a decision as well. I guess that's I guess, true, yeah, but the decision has literally, like, no... I mean, I guess the effect is, like, one image of, like, who's standing in the front at the end. Yeah, so I didn't get both endings, but I'm going to assume it wasn't a huge difference. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> And that's I'm, fine. I assume there's at least like a couple lines of dialogue different. Yeah. Um, the there are some some small lines of dialogue that are different, um, but materially there's not really much difference, which is fine. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, it's not the sort of game where your actions would have terribly far-reaching consequences. Um, yeah, you right. are just a, a frog detective, after this all. Ain't, this ain't Telltale presents the frog detective or whatever. <laughs> frog detective will remember that. Yeah. Um, right, shall we go through like the story of the first one and then the story of the second one? Yeah, that's fine. We've got, we've got to talk about something, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you... 
you are a frog who is a detective. Um, you have a supervisor who is a penguin. Uh, he calls you because there's a case with a haunted island. And uh, they asked for the best detective, but Lobster Cop is not available. Um, and so you get, they get the second best detective, which is you, the frog detective. Um, and you, you boat out to the island. Um, there's a, there's a, the island is, is ruled by a sloth who wears a crown. His name is Martin. And he is very scared because there have been some spooky noises. So he hired a bunch of ghost scientists, but they haven't been able to find the ghost. Yeah. Also, to say that the island is, is ruled by uh, by Martin is maybe stretching it a bit far. He, I think he, he's the only resident of the island. So. Yeah, he, I think he says, uh, I came to this island and there was nobody here but me and Finley. So I decided that I wanted to be king and he's got a crown and that's, yep. I mean, I guess. That counts. Yeah, I guess if nobody challenges you then you're fine. And so. I, I got the impression that Finley actually normally lives on a neighboring island anyway, yeah. so I'm pretty sure it's just him on the island, so he can yeah. rule that that tiny island <laughs> by himself. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Um, Yeah, so you do a lot of... A lot of both of these games is sort of trade quests where, mm -hmm. like, you talk to someone, you find out what is the thing that they want, and then you go somewhere and get them that thing, often by talking to somebody else. Yep. It's um, a simple way of getting you to talk to everybody. Yeah. Because, like, this game is pretty much entirely... These games are pretty much entirely dialogue. Like, it's just about having, like, cute, silly characters with cute, silly dialogue and reading their cute, silly dialogue. Yep. So, the characters on the island. You've got uh, Fresh X, an alligator who is a ghost scientist who is uh, very fastidious about his dental hygiene, and he goes through a case of, uh, I wrote it down, hang on, Dr. Tight Smiles 101 Whitening Cool Paste for Teeth. Um, and he goes through a case of that every three days, and he needs something to keep his, uh, his, his smile tight. Um, while... he's, also, he's also super chillaxed. When you talk to him, you like do a cool like lay down on a, on a reclining uh, like beach chair next to him. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's. Oh, what's the? Is it Bar? No, Barney's in the second game. Um, the the bear who wants to be a spy and thinks that you're a spy. I forget his oh, name. Yeah. And like will um, not believe you when you tell him you're not a spy because of course a spy would say that they weren't a spy. And uh, he, he only applied for the ghost scientist job because he thought, well, that's such a ridiculous job description. This has to be spies. <laughs> this has to be a spying job that I'm applying for. Nope, it's just ghost scientists. Um, there's Larry the lobster, who is loud and a bit rude and talks over people. There's uh, Mo the mouse, who is shy and has a crush on Mystery Monkey, who is kind of the de facto leader of the ghost scientists, sort of. Um, there's a duck whose name I have forgotten, who is very obsessed with seashells. He has a collection of teeny tiny shells mm -hmm. that he needs a magnifying glass to see. Yes. And then there's a, a noodle 
the sheep who hasn't been able to get a trim. So they're surrounded by their own wool. And it's gross that people wear wool, even though I think Frog Detective points out, well, I think your, your shirt is made of wool. And that freaks him out. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm wearing someone else's hair? That's weird. Yes. Um, and then Martin, the king, and basically the entire goal of the game is um, you need ingredients to make dynamite. Just the regular ingredients to make dynamite, which are um, toothpaste, pasta, some wool, and a chunk of solid gold. You know, just the regular Yep, regular Just dynamite, regular ingredients, dynamite ingredients. Yeah, as, so uh, you, as Frog Detective says. Yeah, so you you like talk to all the people on the island and you trade for stuff, and eventually you have all those items, and um, you blow open the cave which has been blocked by a rock slide, and inside the cave you find Finley, who has been trapped down there. Unaware that she's been trapped, but she's been trapped down there for two weeks practicing for the dance contest. Um, and the ghost that everybody thought was on the island was just the sounds of Finley's boombox while she's practicing down there, getting like filtered up through the cave and coming out on the surface as spooky ghost, ghost sounding noises. Mm-hmm. Mystery solved. And then, and then everybody has a dance package. contest. Yep. And you get to pick the winner. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the first game. Yeah, and the, the characters yeah. are, like, super cute and a little bit, uh, like, caricatured. Uh, like, the Martin is, like, super anxious and talks mm-hmm. about, like, you know, he read in a book about ghosts that uh, you can't see them. And he hasn't seen any ghosts on the island, and therefore there must be ghosts. Um, yeah. Yes, but and- as as we will learn throughout playing this game... You just can't trust books. Yes. Books are, without exception, factually inaccurate. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, there's a great little... So that comes up in the first game, and there's a great little aside where they cut to, uh, like, very low-poly Grace Bruxner, the creator, who's like, hey, we're having a good time here, but I just wanted to let you know that, like, books, not all books are inaccurate, and sometimes books can be good, but you should still check your sources when you find information. Yep. Which is great. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. So you solve the mystery, you go back to the office, and your supervisor calls you and says, Frog Detective, I've got another mystery. And then that's how we lead into the, the next game, which yep. literally begins with the phone rings and your supervisor says, hey, why did you hang up on me? I was just <laughs> going to tell you about this case. Which... Is really cute. Yeah. Friday takes like, I'm sorry, I was just so excited about the new case. Yeah. <clears throat> so you find out about this case in a town called Warlock Woods, uh, where there is an invisible wizard and a parade, and all of the decorations for the parade were ruined in the middle of the night. Yeah. The invisible, the invisible wizard... wizard is very shy, and mm-hmm. so the residents wanted to try and make her feel more welcome. Um, and so they decided that they should throw a welcome parade um, so that the wizard would feel more supported in the community, which is very, very sweet. Yeah. Um, so you're, <laughs> and as you're leaving your uh, office, <laughs> who shows up 
but the one, the only, Lobster Cop. I love his, yeah. his little intro, uh, running yeah. down the hallway, running down this very short hallway for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, they do a, they do a like, cool cop smash cut montage of him yeah. running. It's great. Because yeah. they, they mentioned Lobster Cop in the first game, but you never actually get to meet Lobster Cop. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the second game, you get to meet Lobster Cop, and he's a little bit of a rude dude. Um, but yeah. he, d- he is nice to you. He does give you a notebook and some stickers to decorate it. Yes. And I he encourages you to suspect everybody, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Very important for an investigation. Yep. And um, uh, yeah. he also has apparently like not realized that you work in the office with him. He thinks you're like the janitor and he keeps storing cleaning supplies in your office. Yeah. While you're there. Yeah. Saying... Hey, this is my office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lobster Cop is a bit of a rude boy, but not that kind of rude boy. The actual literal kind of rude boy. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? He's he's clearly accomplished as as a uh, detective. So, yep. Sometimes you got to break a few eggs. <laughs> um, so you go to Warlock Woods and What was that? I don't know. That wasn't me. Eh, eh, whatever. Uh, you go to Warlock Woods, and it's basically the same thing. You just talk to everybody. Um, you find out that there was a van outside of the town on the night that the, the uh, parade decorations were destroyed. You find out that um, the vacant house that the Invisible Wizard has moved into, uh, someone else was kind of looking at buying the house but then they didn't get there in time. You find out that... Uh, the Invisible Wizard beat someone at an eBay auction, basically. Yes, for Whiz-bay shoes. auction. Whizbay. Whizbay.com, where the magic happens. I think that was the tagline they gave it. Uh, you get extorted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I think is the best part. You get extorted by a singing rhinoceros who wants to... Um, go to Froggy Wood to become a star. So she extorts you for $5 so she can get a bus ticket, I think, to get out yeah. there. Bus ticket um, or train ticket. A ticket yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Um, and she trades you for a phone number. Uh, yeah, th- there's, you know, the, the regular stream of, I need this item, please get this item for me. Yep, there's the, there's the like rude hungry deer who's in a hot tub mm-hmm. there's the um the lion who okay. wants who, to renovate his house yeah who's what what animal is susan i can't remember offhand susan is a cat okay there's susan yes. the cat who's like the one who really wants wanted to throw the parade and be welcoming um there's, there's uh, the singing rhino mm-hmm. uh there's carlos the shopkeeper who runs a 24-hour store and uh, never sleeps, apparently. Well, he takes he sleeps standing up. He takes power naps standing up. But he's got to be ready in case somebody wants to buy a portrait of themselves at four in the morning. Yep. Um, yep. He's a zebra. Uh, there's a, a rat, question mark, or possum, possibly, who, like, is organizing the stage show, who has uh, hired... What's the... Is the band... It's like the Muddy Buddies or something like that? 
the market buddies. The so market the, buddies. The yeah, market buddies. The best band in the world. Yeah, that's from um one of one of her other short games is like the, I think it's the like undersea market. It's just a little you know it's it's the same kind of thing. It's just like a little environment that you walk around in, and there's a little band playing at this uh, at this little market in in under the ocean. So they're the market buddies, yeah. And there's there's actually a picture of like a birthday party on so on the f- wall in the f- of your office in the very first game there is a single photo of you at like a little what looks like a birthday party um, with a bunch of uh, like fish and there's like a crab playing the drums. Yeah. And that I believe is the market buddies. Um, and then in the second game, there's that photo and the photo that you take at the end of the first game on the wall. Um, and then you go to, uh, yeah, when you go to the, the woods, they've like hired that, that group of like fish and one crab as their band. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. That one's just called the fish market. I see. But it's not the kind of fish market you expect. It's a different kind of fish market. It's a market <laughs> run by fish. Yes. Yeah. Kind of what I. Yeah. Yeah. What I would expect from Grace, at least. Yeah. Um. Who else did we forget? I'm sure oh, there's we forgot. the the pie the pie seller. Oh yes. Is it crow? Question mark. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I think, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, it's the person with like a big nose. Yeah, I think. Uh, she looks she like be, a tapir. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like a tapir or or something like that. I think she's that, very fashionable. I think that Naughty, the the possibly mayor, I think she's supposed to be a greyhound. Oh, with the long nose. Yeah, because I know they show a, oh, a photo right. of an actual greyhound. That's so right. I think that's her. I'm not sure, but yes. That's my best guess, at least. Um, yeah. I don't know. And yeah. As usual, they, they all have things that they want. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the hungry the hungry deer wants a pie, and uh, the possibly tapir wants you to, like, find all the pies that she left all over the place. Yes. Um, you you and... get an achievement if you try to give one of the lost pies to, um, to the deer because he doesn't want a dirty pie that's been sitting on the ground. And also, that's not even your pie. You shouldn't give things to people that aren't yours to give. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I almost did that, too. And then I was like, mm, I want to make sure that I, like, to talk to everyone and see what everyone needs before I give anyone anything. I um, did it. You get an achievement for it, actually, which I... Uh, I didn't to, give it I'll to him again. for that purpose. I was just like, well, he's hungry, and I have this pie that I just found on the ground. I, I guess I'll give get, it to him. I didn't get uh, um, I didn't get the achievement for finishing my notebook. Which, yeah, neither did I, so there must be something that... Yeah, there must be something secret again. that's missing. Oh, yeah. both games also have two little Easter eggs, um, which are like a guy who kind of peekaboos around a corner that you can glimpse if you're fast enough. Yeah. They changed Um, the guy. The guy was different last time when we played the first frog detective game. It was just like a little, a little like drawing of a guy, but now it's an actual, an actual. It was like like a stick figure before, right? 
Yeah. I don't remember at all. Yeah. They but they changed it in the first one, so now it's like the same little little gray man uh <laughs> that you see. Um, and then the other Easter egg that's in both games is like a little photo of a cricket with Grace Bruxner's face on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which are both very cute. I think my favorite part of the second game uh, is the fact that when you get the notebook, you can decorate it with stickers. Yes. They just gave you a bunch of stickers and you can just decorate it however you want so that you like it. And it's really fun. <laughs> There are some very cute stickers. There are definitely some stickers that I would like absolutely want to have as stickers. I'm trying to remember what I... I think I put boots on the cactus. I think that's what I did with my stickers. <laughs> I gave the cactus uh, feet. I had, a very, I had a very fashionable um, alligator who had like a sun hat and oh, yeah. was putting on lipstick. Nice. I had a flower with a magnifying glass. Nice. I also had a bunch of tiny robots marching towards a disgruntled plant. <laughs> yeah, I think more more games need uh, sticker-based segments. <laughs> it helped our game a lot, I gotta say. Yeah, that's true. Um, but not not Paper Mario. We won't talk about Paper Mario Sticker Star. Um, we can talk about Paper Mario Origami King or whatever it's called. I'm like, I just saw a video of the the gameplay from that yesterday, and it looks like such an interesting take on the like tactic system. Um, I haven't actually I, watched even a trailer for it. It's it's Does a it... bunch of like concentric rings, and part of the there's like a phase where you can like spin. You have a certain number of spins where you can spin the rings to try and line up enemies. So that you can get better combos. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's sort of a neat idea. Uh, hmm. But anyway, uh, so yeah, where where were we? Oh, right, stickers. Um, yeah. 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 So you um, you do all the things where you talk to all the people and you um, you know you find stuff and give everybody the things they need. Uh, and then you find, you get the phone number, the last thing you get. So compared to the first one, the first one is sort of like everybody has a bunch of things they need and there's like one or two or like three starting points for different chains. So mm -hmm. there's some stuff you can do in any order. This one is much more like there is one set order that you talk to everyone in because everybody needs one thing that you have to give to someone else or has one thing that you have to give to someone else, basically. Yeah, and... Yeah, you will basically always end up getting everything in the same order. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, so you do all those things, and at the end, you call um, Barney. Barney, the delivery guy, um, who is uh, is driving a truck, but he's being responsible and talking to you hands free. Um, yes. And so he talks about a delivery that he did the previous night where he couldn't really see who he was delivering to, but they dropped something by the entrance to the woods. So you go and find it, and it's the glasses of the Invisible Wizard. Um, so you go to give the Invisible Wizard her glasses back, um, and you get into her house, and you think you see her, but uh, she poofs. 
uh, when you get close. So you have to find her and you go like around her little, her house is like a maze of moving boxes and you have to find her three times. Mm -hmm. And then you get to go to the basement, which it seems like the invisible wizard uh, really lucked out with this house because no other house has even another room. Let alone as far as we can tell. Yeah. Well, the one where the lion lives has an upstairs where his uh, where his roommate lives. I guess that's true. Yeah. Well, his roommate lives. Air quote. His roommate lives at the shop. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know why he's so intent on building, or renovating, or buying another house. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, the, yeah. So, so you... yeah. So you go down to the the basement and confront the invisible wizard. She's very shy. You ask her to uninvisible herself, uh, which she does, and it turns out she's a frog just like you. Mm -hmm. uh, which frog detective is very excited about. Yes. Uh, and then you... But it turns out she's the one who destroyed the decorations, but not on purpose. It's because she lost her glasses and was bumping into a bunch of stuff, and then she was too embarrassed to admit it. Yeah. Uh, so, so you convince she... her to talk to the the people and enjoy the parade well she she spins this yarn about initially about oh it wasn't me it was it was uh, my nemesis evil guy but he got away and i guess we'll just have to go on living our lives so this is the uh, the choice in the game uh after you uncover the truth that 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 lola the invisible wizard actually is the culprit you can either um tell the truth to the town because well it was just a mistake so i'm sure they'll all forgive you or you can lie for her to help her save face because oh i just moved here and i i don't want people to to hate me already mm -hmm. even though it was it was just a mistake um so <laughs> your your two choices of endings are uh, either snitch or fibber mm -hmm. so really you just can't do anything right but yeah uh, I yeah, went. I went with snitch because I figured it's uh, it's important for her to get off on a good, honest foot with her, with the other people in the neighborhood. You shouldn't start your first time in the neighborhood lying to folks. Yes, that's what I did the first time too. Um, this morning, I I played through it again and did the the fibber ending, and she just you just lie <laughs> to the people about how oh it was evil guy, and they're like huh uh okay, well, I guess that's cool. Well, welcome to Warlock Woods. And then <laughs> you go back to your office and you have an, uh, another conversation with your supervisor. And your supervisor's like, ha, huh, I can't believe I've never heard of this evil guy before. Like, if he's such a criminal, I I would assume that I would have heard of him. And, and uh, Frog Detective, like, has a little you know, a, a crisis of conscience. And he was like, no, I can't, I can't lie to you. I, I made it up on the report. It was actually, it was actually the invisible wizard herself who destroyed the parade. I, I'm so sorry. And you get a little, you get a cute little spiel about like, well, it's important that you try to be honest. Um, <laughs> that's, that's literally the only difference. Uh, Carl, which one did you pick? I went for even guy. <laughs> Somehow I thought you might. Yep. Well, now you know both ways. If you're, yep. if you're honest, then they're just honest. And either way, then you get to have a parade. Um, and it's a lovely parade. And then you get home, and the supervisor tells you, 
of your next case, corruption in Cowboy County. Yep. And not uh, only do you have to take the train out to Cowboy County, but you will be working with Lobster Cop. Oh, man. So I'm looking forward to see how that works. I mean, I assume that she's planning to do another one. I assume she wouldn't give a, a teaser trailer like that if she did not intend to also do the next one. Yeah. Um, but it's... Uh, oh, and there's like a sneaky thing where you see um, like an unidentified paw of someone stealing the notebook oh, off yeah. your desk. Yes. And uh, they talk about how maybe this case will have something to do with real crime and not just misunderstandings. Yeah, well, probably not. But yeah, probably it won't. <laughs> maybe. I kind of like that they are all just very nice and have to, and just, you know, nothing, no one has bad intentions. Everyone's just trying their best. Yeah. Um, some of them are a little rude sometimes, but you know, no one's like really a bad person. Yeah. I think it would. I think it would be weird at this point to encounter an actual villain, but. Yeah. You know. I um, think it could be done. It could. It's I. I don't like these games are very sweet and innocent, and I think that's their charm. So I think it would be, and I. I feel like Grace knows that. <laughs> Yeah. So it would be weird to to do anything that would undermine that. But I mean, I would play another one. They're yeah. they're just I don't know. They're just very sweet and they make me feel like it's not exactly like hopeful because I don't, you know, I'm under no illusion that these are very escapist, I guess. Yeah. Uh, very distant from reality, but it it gives you the sort of comforting feeling of like childhood where it's yeah. like you know nothing is really bad and if it is if some things are a little bad like somebody's taking care of it and it's fine and everybody will work things out and be friends in the end yeah it it, it really does sort of follow the same uh the same narrative structure as like a kids tv show I, I can't think of any specific examples, but I know when I was a kid, I saw various cartoons and the, the crux of the episode was, oh, this, this bad thing happened. We got to figure out what it was. And at the, end of the, at the end of the episode, it almost always is a misunderstanding or a, it was an accident and I'm sorry and, oh, we forgive you, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice... Uh, yeah, it's kids, it's of, kids TV or kids books for adults, basically. Yeah, basically. It's not even that much for uh, for adults. You could uh, you could play it as a kid. I feel like it would be less funny when you're a little kid because it, the the a lot of the humor isn't just how like slightly weird and off uh, the yeah. like the characters are, which yeah. I feel like would feel totally normal if you're a kid. Yeah. And then again, I don't know if you're a kid. I think you are automatically into. Um, they're animals, but they're doing people jobs. Yeah. So, I think I think a kid would appreciate it for very different reasons yeah. than what we appreciate it for. I just I I do love in the first game. There's a a little notepad on the desk next to um, Noodle the sheep, 
And it's just like a list of things. And on the bottom of the list, it just says, I'm not qualified. <laughs> yeah. And what yeah. was the other one? The other one was a note that said, note, do not split up to search for ghosts like in Scooby-Doo. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's all like cute little asides and strangeness, like, you know, lying down to talk to Fresh X, the crocodile, or, um, you know, you helping the mouse learn to break dance to impress a monkey. Yeah. Um. And the name Mousewash, Mouthwash. Yeah. And Dr. Tight Smiles 101, white, tooth whitening, cool paste for teeth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little things like that. Just like really, really cute, silly, cheesy little writing. Yeah. That, I don't know, shouldn't be as fun as it is. Yeah. So that's about, yeah, I don't, I don't think I really have anything else to say. Yep. Carl, anything to add? Uh, not really. I mean, it's very much like the same game again. Yeah. Yes. There's not much more to the sequel. There's like, it's slightly longer, and you make a decision at the end that has marginally more impact than the one in the first game. Yeah. And I guess you have, you know, the, the new mechanic of um, the notebook, which doesn't really do anything but just give you more text to read oh you can you can like, suspect yeah. people in it yeah you can hit spacebar to suspect someone and then it puts a little stamp on them that says suspicious i sus i suspected everyone because lobster cop told me to that's true including myself <laughs> and lobster cop <laughs> oh yeah, yeah like okay i got so annoyed with the notebook actually yeah i think i think the notebook is the reason why the second game is like twice as long because it's you have, so much time. Yeah. It when you like talk to somebody new, it opens up the notebook, it flips to a page for them, and it gives you their picture, their name, their possible motive, uh, what they need, and then like a page, like not a page, but like a few little lines of just notes about that character. Mm -hmm. And you just have to watch them fill in and it it's it's pretty slow. Yeah, it's it's weirdly clunkier than the first one in which it would just pop up like you get a blank and it would like pop into a top bar at your, for like inventory mm -hmm. and now it's like it has to like go to the first page of the nose notebook erase the thing that you gave up draw in the thing that you got close mm -hmm. the notebook <laughs> like it's a yeah. bunch of animation yeah yeah I, I i wrote down like you find uh, find a pie then there's like a dialogue option that's like you found a pie then there pops up on the screen you found a pie and then you open your notebook, then you add like another pie to your list, and then you yeah. close the notebook. Mm -hmm. uh, on one hand, I, I like the notebook because it does give you just additional bits of cute dialogue. Not dialogue, but you know, additional bits of cute writing. Like yeah. there's the, the bit where um, the rhinoceros who extorts you, like the last <laughs> notes on that page are, she's extorting me. This is great. This is so exciting. I've never been extorted before. But <laughs> yeah. it yeah, it does just eat up so much time to wait for. Like if it was faster, that would probably be okay or if you could just kind of like Also, I think it would be super useful if it was a longer game where you might conceivably lose track of what's going on. But like yeah. is anybody playing this in more than one sitting? <laughs> like I, it's an hour long yeah. game. 
I very strongly doubt it. I think I almost want to say the notebook was born of a desire to have something to decorate with stickers. And then it was yeah. like, well, yeah. we got to use this notebook. <laughs> so, yeah. and that's fine. But. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was just like somebody complained in the first game about like losing track of who you were supposed to talk to, to give them a thing. Um, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was just in there because like, it feels like the sort of thing that a game has. Yeah. Like, like sequels, which games yeah. have, but movies do not. Yes. Yeah. Either way, I don't hate the notebook, but I, it, it could have been implemented a little better. Yeah. It's so. uh it is, it is definitely like um, a delaying factor. Mm -hmm. um, one thing we didn't talk about, I guess, for either game is like music and art. Um, yeah. It's, both very cute i guess like they it's like a real chunky low poly uh visual style um in the first game there's like a dance contest at the end and it seems like they used uh like mo-capped dance data to me to animate yeah. them because mm -hmm. the the dance moves are like a little bit too high fidelity for the models you can also see it in um on the island martin's idol animation is uh, he like sits down and then gets startled and like stands up and looks around and that's also very clearly mocaps, which you know, it's like um, oh gosh, I saw an animation test. I think it was for um, a Lego game and they were talking about how like we tried to use mocap for this Lego game and it just doesn't work because it looks so wrong with Lego characters. <laughs> yeah, because um, their joints the aren't supposed to bend that way. <laughs> exactly. It might not have been Lego, but it was yeah. it was definitely something to that effect. Um, and they actually... Uh, no, it was Lego. It definitely was Lego. Um, but that's that's sort of what it reminded me of was this yeah. clip of, like, we tried to do mocap for some Lego Star Wars project, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could see it be, that being especially disturbing for Lego because the, the thing that looks weird about it is that they have these really sort of chunky polygon bodies that move in a very fluid and human way. Yeah. Which, this one, it sort of works because they're a little bit noodly. But if you had something that was supposed to be like rigid, like a Lego piece, I could see that looking <laughs> incredibly bizarre. Yeah, I'll try to find that video and, and uh, link it to you guys. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then the music. I mean, the music is just good. Yeah, honestly. it's cute. It's sweet. It matches the tone of everything else. Yeah, it's a little bit jazzy. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit, you know, like the theme especially is just straight like jazz, noir type of stuff. I mean, it's um, like like most of this game. It's like, uh, you know, very... Uh, noir genre sort of feel as like tinted through a kid's show lens yeah yeah it's like very like just basic just bare basic mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's uh this is a game that i recommend to people who like need to to, to relax and take a breather for a little bit <laughs> like calm the heck down yeah it's a nice little break from having to do other stuff yeah from having to live in our current uh, dystopia <laughs> yeah 
And it's a weird, it's also like, they have some like weird self-contained rules in their little universe. Like books are always factually inaccurate and uh, movies don't have sequels, but video games do. Yeah. Or books, books are factually inaccurate unless you write the facts down yourself. Yes. It's just an, an agreed upon concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. And uh, and some and like question the first one questions whether ghosts are real, but magic is definitely real in the second one. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, invisible wizard is a wizard, and the pie maker is also a real wizard. I don't think anybody else who lives she's a in witch. The, a witch, but yeah. yes. Um, um, I, but I don't think anybody else who lives. I think everybody else who lives in the town is just fanboys, basically. They like spooky stuff. Is yes. is what the witch says. Yes. That's fine. I would live in Warlock Woods. It seems like it looks, a pretty welcoming community, to be honest. Like a, like a cozy little cozy little place deep in the woods where it is eternally nighttime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, the uh, the witch bought herself, she's very fashionable, and she bought herself some sunglasses. And you're, she's like, why did I do that? Like, it's always night here. I sh- should have known that I, like, would not be able to see anything if I bought sunglasses. But they complement this outfit so well. <laughs> Yeah. I think the other great thing about um, Warlock Woods is when you talk to Carlos, what does he say? He says, uh, conceit is a social construct and we've decided to reject it. And that's why everybody in town has portraits of themselves in their own homes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, Lobster Cop has a bunch of pictures of himself in his office. Yeah, Lobster Cop has a huge photo of himself behind his own desk. Yep. Which and I guess me of the opening gag in uh, the IT crowd. I know it's been too long since I've watched. I only watched a few episodes. Uh, they, there's a there's a gag pretty early on where um, they get called into like the main boss's office, and it's a there's like a it starts on like a picture of his face and it zooms out and you see that it's like not actually him, but like a photo of him. And then it keeps zooming out and he's standing right next to the photo with the exact same expression. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have nothing more to say about this. These games. They're good. You should play them. <laughs> They're cheap. Yeah. Worth well worth your five bucks, mm-hmm. and you know a couple hours of your time for sure. I think are they in the Itchio bundle? Uh, no, they are not. Okay. You can get them on on Itch, but they are not uh, in the bundle, as far as I know. Maybe the first one is, but um, maybe I'd have to look. But I'm not going to do that right now. I'm I'm looking, but I do not see them. Okay, yeah, I was going to say I I didn't think they were. Okay, yeah, no, they're not in the itch bundle. Yeah. But the next game we're playing is in the itch bundle. Yes. T- Kyla, tell us about that game. Ah, uh, segue. Uh, let me just verify. Yes, it is in the itch bundle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, so if you, got, if you got the giant, like, several thousand game uh, itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality, uh, then you already own Signs of the Sojourner, which is going to be our next game. Um which is uh, developed and published by Echo Knight Games, LLC. Um, this is a game that 
uh, was in the little indie room with me and Mike when we were showing Wintermore at Reboot, Reboot Red, um, which was like this conference that we went to in Canada that was like the first year that they were doing it that we found out about like super last minute. Yeah. Um, and Signs of the Sojourner, like I saw a few of the games that were in the room with us. These guys were not exactly like directly across from us, but pretty close. Uh, and so we had an opportunity to like go and play their game. Um, and it's a game about uh, communication, like about conversation uh, that is abstracted with like a card, a card game mechanic. Um, and I think uh, it's, you know, it's been a while and I didn't get to play like the entire thing, but I think it's a sort of like roguelike type thing where you go on a series of journeys and it's like how far you get before you like, um, go home. Um, but you you like, uh, your family runs like a trading caravan. So you're like loading up goods from your hometown and like driving around and selling stuff, I think. Um, and as you go different places, you meet different people and you sort of learn new ways to communicate and talk to them. Um, uh, you know, and so you get new cards. Uh, and so it's, it's got an interesting kind of model for the way that, uh, you know, you learn to communicate a certain way with a certain group of people, but then if you leave, like, say, going off to college or something, uh, and then you come back, sometimes it can be harder to communicate with people that you used to be very comfortable with because you've learned so much about new people and new ways of, of talking to people. Um, and I found this, like, an, a really interesting core metaphor to explore through these mechanics. Um, so I'm excited to play like the finished version and yeah. actually get a chance to like sit down and play through the entire thing. So yeah, it's, it seems like a hell of a concept to take on. So I'm interested to see how, <laughs> what they do with that mechanically. Yeah. I don't think it's a huge game time wise, but again, like I'm not actually sure because I didn't get, to, I only got to play like the demo version at the convention. So right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So signs of the sojourner and, uh, We'll, we'll see you back here to talk about them in two weeks. Yes. Um, in the meantime, I suppose, if you would like, you can follow us on Twitter, at FeedbackForce, um, where mostly I just tweet about the podcast. And if I yep. see things that are related to the podcast, I'll do a little, do a little hello tweet. Yeah, um, if you want to see when games we've talked about are on sale, often Kelso tweets when like something I, that we like is on it, sale. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. I haven't, I don't tweet much recently, but I did retweet uh, a picture from some Japanese Twitter account that is uh, bread shaped into um, mus muscular rabbit men. So if you want to <laughs> see that, and I recommend you see it, it's, uh, it's quite an achievement of baking. And also it's very cute. Uh, you can head on over to my Twitter. Nice. That's all. Um, I'm going there right now. Uh, if you want to follow... Oh my gosh, they're so muscular. They're so <laughs> muscular. That one's carrying little sausages. Um, <laughs> the... I wonder how they do the faces. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm at Kyla underscore go. So K-Y-L-A underscore G-O. And uh, I've been tweeting, like, every time I stream recently. So if you want to know, if you want to catch my Subnautica stream, which is twitch.tv slash cagetiger spelled with a K, 
Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I will let you know when I'm streaming. Probably I'll like stream today after we finish this recording. But by the time you probably get you're listening to this, uh, I'll probably already be done. So that's true. Well, I don't yeah. know. I'll probably stream early afternoon today, so it'll be in a couple hours. So who knows? <laughs> but you'll know if you follow me on Twitter is what I'm saying. Yeah. Early early adopters to the podcast episodes will know that there's a po- or that there's a stream happening. So that's what you yeah. get. That's the reward. Yep. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at gug3. Nice. And that's it. That's the episode, gang. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and we'll be back in uh, two weeks to talk about Signs of the Sojourner. Cool. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.